Hey guys, and welcome back to Radiology Core Exam Review. This is your host, Mohamed Halaiba. Today, we will continue our discussion of mammography. In the next episode, we'll do a high-yield review for mammography findings and most important exam topics. So stay tuned for that. Without further delay, let's get started. What is the frequency in which we evaluate the mammogram phantom? Mammogram phantom is evaluated once weekly again. Mammography phantom is evaluated once weekly. What pyrad terms are approved for describing non-mass enhancement? We can use homogeneous, heterogeneous, clumped, or clustered rings. Again, the clustered ring descriptor is classically a buzzword for DCIS or IDC cancer. If you see clustered rings on a multiple choice question, you have to assume that they're talking about DCIS or IDC. Again, approved non-mass enhancement descriptors on MRI are homogeneous, heterogeneous, clumped, and clustered ring. What are the benefits of using breast compression? The benefits include separating overlapping tissue, so summation artifact can be improved or resolved. We decrease breast motion, and that will improve the resolution since we have fewer x-rays absorbed because the tissue or half value layer has increased because of compression. We shut off the automatic brightness or automatic exposure control sooner and so we decrease the radiation dose to the breast. Again, we decrease radiation, improve scatter, and separate overlapping breast tissue. What is another way of saying fibrocystic changes? We can use, or typically you can see the word epocrine metaplasia. Again, epocrine metaplasia really means fibrocystic changes. Epocrine metaplasia is fibrocystic changes. What are the key imaging features of large rod-like calcifications? So this is a unique calcification pattern, and the hallmark for it is they follow ductal distribution, so radiating toward the nipple. They can be branching at some times, but typically follow ductal distribution radiating toward the nipple. They are commonly bilateral and typically seen in women over 60. Again, women over 60, bilateral, and radiate toward the nipple. When to get LMO view instead of the standard MLO? So typically we get MLO view, but when do we get LMO view? Typically, LMO views are used for kyphotic patients or patients with pectus excavatum, or if we need to avoid central lines or pacers or so on. Again, avoiding implantable devices for kyphosis or ex severe pectus excavatum. We get LMO view. What are the subtypes of DCIS? We have four subtypes of DCIS. We have papillary cribriform, solid, and comedo. Again, subtypes of DCIS, papillary, cribriform, solid, and comedo. Really a better question to know or a more important fact to know about this is which one is the highest grade? It's the comedo subtype and the low grade are the papillary and cribriform types. What gets a BIRAD3 on a breast MRI? So this is a unique situation because typically we avoid giving BIRAD3 on MRI period, but 
a solitary focus, meaning a focus less than 5 millimeter, with persistent kinetics on a baseline MRI is considered a BIRAD3. Obviously, there is no MRI. While it can be called screening MRI, we do not only give it BIRAD0 because MRI should be the final imaging in the workup. When we give a BIRAD0 on MRI, it's because we're missing sequences or we did not give contrast and we're planning to give contrast. But typically, we avoid giving zero. And BIRAD3 is used for a solitary focus with persistent kinetics. This is a rote memorization question and it goes to the, the quality assurance measurement that are performed semi-annually. So every six months on mammography, it's compression test, darkroom fog test, and screen film contrast. Again, quality measurement that is performed every six months in mammography include compression test, darkroom test, and screen film contrast. What is a differential for speculated margins or mass with speculated margin? So breast cancer, and this is something we talked about. So breast cancer, radial scar, or post-up scar. Additionally, fat necrosis can qualify or can be or present with speculated margins. And for the breast cancer, most common subtypes with speculated margins are the tubular and not otherwise specified IDC. Again, tubular and not otherwise specified IDC, radial scar, post-op scar, all present with speculated margins. Now I want to take a moment to discuss gynecomastia and few key aspects of gynecomastia that are important for the test as well as for our practice in life as radiologists. One, gynecomastia must be retroareolar, so behind the areola, period. If it's not retroareolar, you got to think there is a cancer. The second thing that we need to know, gynecomastia is fibroglandular tissue. Now, there are three types of gynecomastia, and basically it's a cycle of progression from early to mid-stage to late-stage gynecomastia, and each of those stages have specific appearance. The earliest stage of gynecomastia is nodular gynecomastia. Again, nodular gynecomastia is the earliest stage. On imaging, nodular gynecomastia present with basically what it sounds, a nodule. So a nodule, so indistinct margins, round, mass retroareolar is considered nodular gynecomastia. It is classically tender. And this is the earliest subtype, and it is a reversible subtype. So if we take the offending agent, we're able to reverse gynecomastia. The next stage of gynecomastia is dendritic. And this is typically after a year, and it represents a non-reversible gynecomastia. And that is the classic appearance of flame-shaped retroareolar mass. Again, dendritic gynecomastia is the second stage and it is present typically after a year and it is non-reversible. The final stage of gynecomastia, as we talked about before, is the diffuse fibroglandular gynecomastia and this is present as diffuse fibroglandular. It almost looks like an actual women breast and this is typically seen in people who have received estrogen replacement therapy. Again, diffuse 
fibroglandular gynecomastia is end-stage gynecomastia, and it is typically seen in estrogen replacement. Dendritic is mid-stage, typically after a year, and it is non-reversible. And the earliest stage of gynecomastia is nodular gynecomastia. It is typically tender and a reversible stage and presents with a nodule or indistinct margin mass in the retroareolar region. Now let's talk about unique imaging features of ILC. So ILC is a unique form of breast cancer because majority of breast cancer, IDC, presents with calcification or a mass. ILC does not have that classic imaging appearance, which makes it very difficult to diagnose. So we need to know some specific features and when to be suspicious of ILC. For example, on mammography, specific buzzwords include a dark star or shrinking breast. On ultrasound, the descriptive term for it is shadowing without a mass. And on MRI, washout is not a common pattern. So remember how we said when we talked about kinetic curves, we said washout is ominous and suspicious for cancer. Well, ILC does not have washout, so it's not a common presentation for a washout in ILC pattern. And the last thing, that axillary metastasis is also not as common as IDC in ILC cancer. So mammographically, dark star or shrinking breast on ultrasound, shadowing without a mass, and on MRI, do not expect to see washout kinetics. What is the most important predictive factor of overall survival in breast cancer. Again, what is the most important predictive factor of overall survival in breast cancer? It's axillary status. If there's axillary metastasis, this is a worst prognostic value. This is more important than mass size. Again, the most important predictive factor is axillary metastasis. Now, let's take a minute and discuss staging of breast cancer. Just like any other cancer, it's one through four, with stage four being extra organ involvement. For the breast cancer, it includes invasion into the chest wall or involvement of the skin. Inflammatory breast cancer is always considered T4 stage because it does involve the skin and its dermatic or lymphatic invasion. Now, it's important to know that Paget's disease, even though it does involve the skin, it is not considered T4 because really it's, it's an earlier predictor of potential breast cancer. It's not cancer itself in terms of Paget's disease. Again, Paget's disease is not a stage 4, even though it does involve the skin. Now, we talked about T4. What's T3 lesion? T3 lesion is a mass that is greater than 5 centimeter. Again, T3 is a mass greater than 5 centimeters, and T2 is 2 to 5 centimeter, and anything less than 2 centimeters is considered T1 stage. What is diabetic mastopathy? And this is an important diagnosis because they can present and you would think it's cancer. Diabetic mastopathy is a form of lymphocytic mastitis it's seen in diabetic patients, and it involves stromal fibrosis or excessive fibrosis predominantly led by B-cell lymphocyte around the ducts, lobules, and vessels. Again, diabetic mastopathy is 
lymphocytic mastitis involving B-cell lymphocytes, causing fibrosis around ducts, lobules, and vessels, typically present with a large, painless, hard breast mass. Again, large, painless, hard breast mass in a diabetic patient. The key factor that might help us to know that it's not breast cancer, though it still may be breast cancer, is that it would present bilateral. So bilateral, large, painless, hard breast mass. In an exam question, I would suspect them to mention that this patient is diabetic. That would lead you to diabetic mastopathy. We talked a fair bit about inflammatory breast cancer, but what actual subtype is inflammatory breast cancer? Is it ILC, IDC, or what is going on with inflammatory breast cancer? Inflammatory breast cancer is a subtype of IDC. So invasive ductal carcinoma is inflammatory breast cancer. Obviously, the key features for it, it involves lymphatic invasion. It involves the skin. It is a very, very aggressive form of cancer. And we said the treatment approach for it is different than regular IDC, where for inflammatory breast cancer, we do chemo and radiation first, then perform surgery.